Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon. Ryan Tutel, Colter Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Sports Center. Montana and Montana State continued rolling over the weekend, each staying undefeated against FCS opponents as the season has reached its midpoint. The Grizz overcame a 17-0 deficit to Avalanche Idaho State, going on a 59-3 run, stamping a 59-20 homecoming victory with authority. Montana senior quarterback Dalton Sneed threw for 397 yards and two scores while rushing for a team-high 67 yards and two more touchdowns. He is once again the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Week. The number eight Grizz scored 24 unanswered points in the second quarter to take a touchdown lead into halftime. They gave up a second-half field goal and then scored hello 35 more to finish the game. Samari Torre had a career day, hauling in eight catches for 188 yards and a touchdown. Sammy Akem had eight of his 10 catches for 104 of his 135 total yards in the second quarter alone to spark the comeback. UM enters its bye week with a 5-1 and one record that includes five straight wins over like opponents. MSU's fifth straight victory did not come so easily, but the sixth-ranked Bobcats emerged with a 34-28 overtime win at Cal Poly nonetheless. MSU built a 28-7 lead despite only possessing the ball for 21 minutes and change, only to see the Mustangs score three fourth-quarter touchdowns to force OT. In the extra period, Cal Poly missed a field goal in the first possession, and MSU senior Travis Johnson ripped off a game-winning touchdown. This ESPN Sports Center is presented by Clark Fork Law. Luke Wilson wide to the far side. Disley now tight end on the right side. Russell looking left. Going to throw to the end zone. He's got Disley back in the end zone. He has got it. Touchdown. So there you go. 
It is time. It's two tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. And we head into hour number two on the Rankage Brothers RV phone line, where we are joined by the tight end of the Seattle Seahawks, former Washington Husky, but most importantly, the former Bozeman Hawk, for crying out loud, Will Disley joining us. Will, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? Good, man. Go Hawks for sure. Yeah, I mean, they're, they they had a nice win over the weekend, so, you know, throwing it back to the guys there at the, uh, at the high school level. Well, let's start uh, Let's start with the present. You're coming off an outstanding uh, game again, leading the Seahawks and receiving again four receptions, 81 yards. What's it been like for you this season coming off a very tough injury, as we know, last year to just be in the mix and then all, all of a sudden emerging as one of the most productive weapons in this offense? Yeah, no, I'm just blessed to be a part of it, really. Um, you know, it was super bummed last year to go down and, uh, you know, just have my mindset to come back and be a part of it this year and, uh, you know, try and help, you know, win games this year. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just excited for the team, the guys. You know, we're all clicking and uh, playing at a really high level right now, and, you know, we're just going to look forward to keeping it going, I guess. Will, hey, Coulter Nuanas here. Thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, NFL teams, there's such a variable level of cultures across the NFL, but it seems like the Seahawks have one of the most tried and true and strongest cultures in the league. What's it like playing for Pete Carroll, and what's this experience been like for you being a Seattle Seahawk? Yeah, I mean, Coach Carroll's a ton of fun, man. I mean, he's got so much energy. Uh, you think you just started out in this league and, um, you know, the way he's bouncing around, uh, making jokes at practice. But, uh, you know, super serious and, uh, you know, gets the work done when we need to and uh, super focused, super positive guy. And, um, you know, fortunate to play for him and, and uh, you know, hopefully can play for him for a really long time. Seahawks tight end Will Disley joining us. Seattle 4-1 and one on the season, coming off a big win over Los Angeles on Thursday. And, you get that huge win. It's been three straight that the Rams had won against you uh, uh, up until this game, and then you get a huge win. How big is it to go not just a win in division, but especially against the Rams, who are obviously coming off a Super Bowl appearance? Yeah, no, no doubt. You know, any win in the NFL is a big win, and um, the most important one's the next one. But uh, you know, super fun night. Um, the twelves are out in fours, and you know, Thursday primetime game. It was it was definitely a lot of fun. We had the, we had the green on and uh you know we're on force but uh you know just thankfully get that win and and like i said the most important one's the next one you know guys hate playing on thursday i know but if there's a silver lining it's that it's it's a sort of quasi buy you get it 10 days off and the more so because your next opponent is cleveland who's playing tonight how big an advantage is it to have like four days off before your next opponent is actually playing and now you get to sit back and watch cleveland yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a mini buy, and um, you know, I was able to spend some time with the family over the weekend. Um, I was actually kind of bummed the Hawks were on the road, but uh, you know, glad they got the win. But you know, body's feeling good, everyone's resting up, and uh, you know, hopefully we can take advantage of this this 10 day break here and get prepared for for a good opponent in Cleveland. The NFL is such a crazy league with all the player movement and how your job can just go away in such a blink of an eye, but so much of it's about fit, and it seems as if you found the perfect fit in Seattle. Talk about that element of it. What's it like playing with Russell Wilson, and how have you been able to find the niche that you have this uh, th- th- so far this season? Well, yeah, well, Russ is playing at an extremely high level right now. It's uh, it's really fun to be a part of, but... Uh... You know, I'm just trying to do my job, be you know, be in the right spot at the right time for him, and uh, you know, try and make plays for him. But uh, you know, it makes it really easy when you have a guy like Russ, you know, slinging the rock like he is. So I'm just gonna, you know, keep trying to get in the playbook and, and be in the right place at the right time, and just you know, try and help do anything I can to help us win. 
Will Disley joining us at tight end for the Seattle Seahawks, and uh, that's the second Hawks team that he played for. He played for Bozeman from Bozeman, Montana. And let's take you back a little bit, Will, to your time in Bozeman. You're a great player, obviously, there, but what was it like to go from there to the University of Washington? I mean, it's 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 different for folks where we're from Montana, and you go, okay, going to go to the Pac-12 and play ball. What was that like? Yeah, no, no doubt, and uh, it was definitely a challenge. Um, choosing to leave home, obviously my brother uh, Nick played for the Cats there, played basketball, but uh, so I definitely was sometimes trying to stay home and play for the Cats and um, just you know, felt like I, tr- I needed to get out and, and try and experience and see what I can do at the next level and um, was fortunate to have Peterson, you know, take me. I was committed to Boise and you know, went over to Washington and, you know, didn't have the perfect story, but, you know, had a ton of fun, won some games and, um, you know, still playing ball. So definitely lucked out on that front. So much of getting to the highest level of any sport is just the confidence you have to have in yourself. What's kept you going? What's kept you driven and giving you the sense of belief to get to this point? Definitely my family. I think, you know, there was definitely doubts, uh, you know, playing in college and switching positions and, you know, the ups and downs that go with, you know, college and classwork. And, um, but they were my rock, man. I had two older brothers, and they were just leading me and, you know, encouraging me every time I could. Um, and so I definitely give a lot of a lot of credit to them for where I'm at now. Well, Will, we appreciate you being with you, with us. We'll get you out of here on this. Being a Montana guy, you go now, you're in Seattle, obviously a major market, doing one of the highest profile jobs that there is to do. What's it been like for you to go from, you know, a kid from Bozeman, Montana, to being a Seattle Seahawk and all the notoriety that comes with it, especially the way you've been playing? Yeah, I think that's that's the beauty of being from where I'm from. I go back and, you know, people just treat you like a normal guy. So uh, I definitely don't feel it at all. And I'm just trying to, you know, keep improving and keep getting better and try not focus on that as much. But, uh, you know, definitely enjoy being a Seahawk. Hopefully can be one for a really long time. Well, well we certainly appreciate it. It's been a, a blast to watch you uh, uh, play and continue to do what you're doing professionally uh, being from Montana. I want you to know we were efforting you before the touchdowns, okay? We've been trying to get you before all that, okay? So you've been on our radar a long time. We look forward to keeping up with you, okay? Yeah, appreciate you guys getting me on. Thanks a lot. You got it. Will Disley, Seattle Seahawks tight end, and uh, I don't know, sort of like talking to a Montanan. Oh yeah, Will Dis has always been the band. I I yeah, I was still working in the newspaper in Bozeman when those guys won the state championship, and you know, Bozeman's been a perennial power this decade. But people, it's easy to forget. Mm-hmm. Bozeman did not win a state championship from the opening of Bozeman Senior High School in 1917 until 2010. Right, and then when Tanner Roderick and those that class of guys broke through and won a state title, I think they've won four since this this recent run. The second being. Will Disley, but that was almost equally as important as the first breakthrough because they had to prove they could do it again without Roderick, who, in my opinion, is one of the great high school players ever. He didn't have the career that he would have wanted because he was so filled with. He made a, he, you can't say bad choice, but he went to Nevada and then Chris Alt retired, and that really messed up his mm. career. And then he came to Montana State and he was in the quarterback battle, and then he eventually loses out to Dakota Prukop, but he's such a great athlete they move him to receiver, but then he got crushed his second game. And that just sent him into a spiral of never being able to really get healthy. He had shoulder, hand, head, everything. And it was too it was unfortunate. But that class of guys, Will Disley's class of guys, that included Will Wire, who ended up playing for a brief moment for the University of Montana, Grant Collins, who went on to be a four-year starter for uh, Montana State. You know, those guys were the guys that proved that Bozeman could do it again, that it wasn't just Tanner Roderick leading them to a state title. And uh, it was an important moment for Bozeman High School, and Will Disley 
was a, a key factor. And then he mentioned, you know, kind of the, the turmoil because he was committed to Boise State. And I thought that was a great fit for him. He's Mountain West type guy. And then coming out of high school, he was a Mountain West type guy. He wasn't quite, uh, he, he didn't quite have the foot speed maybe to play in the Pac-12 yet. But when Chris Peterson moved to Washington, they took a chance on him. And he sort of toiled on the defensive line because, I mean, how could you not when you got Danny Shelton and Vita Vea and Greg Jenkins and, you know, first-round draft picks playing in front of you. One day in practice, though, they, he's just messing around, and Chris Peterson sees him catch a ball. He's like, whoa, you got pretty good hands for a D lineman. <laughs> and Will Disley's like, well, don't you remember, Coach? You know, I had like a 1,000 yards receiving my senior year <laughs> of high school. <laughs> oh, well, maybe we'll try you out there. And then, you know, kind of incrementally worked his way in and then kind of broke out when Washington played Montana. He caught one, maybe even two touchdowns. Two, two, two touchdowns, touchdowns in that game, yeah. And I think, I don't know if he had ever even caught a pass in a game mm. before that. And then... Went on to then have a great senior year where I think he caught 27, 28 balls, and then he gets, he keeps working, keeps working, gets faster, maintains the strength, great performance at the pro day, and then boom, he's a fourth-round draft pick, and now seems as if he has one of the best fits in the whole league because the one thing that Russell Wilson's never had, they wanted Jimmy Graham to be this guy, but Jimmy Graham could never stay healthy. Russell Wilson's never had that red zone tight end type guy. Now he does, and Will Disley's the guy that's on the receiving end of all these touchdowns. It's a, it's a great story for a Montana guy to rise to this level so quickly. Well, I've wa- I, I watch every Seattle Seahawks game. Uh, I mean, I love football, so that's what I do. But also, uh, since we are now carrying all the Seahawks games. And, you know, it's sometimes, you know, a guy who's like kind of under the radar pops up, has a big week, maybe a big couple weeks, and you go, okay, well, every game that he has been a healthy for, Will Disley has been outstanding in. And he is, I'm telling you right now, so good at playing tight end in the NFL because he does it all. He blocks. He's, he gets open, he finds space, he's got great hands, like you said, and he's probably even a better fit for Russell Wilson as a tight end than even Jimmy Graham was. Now, people people think that Jimmy Graham was not as good as he was when he was in Seattle. It took them a while to get on the same page. He obviously had the horrendous injury. He scored the second most touchdowns in the NFL his, right. his last year when he was with the Seahawks, or his last full year. So, so he was outstanding, but he is he was so used to three steps and bang it's out from Drew Brees not the running you know question mark you know the figure eights in the backfield that Russell Wilson is and Will Disley just has a certain ease about finding the soft spot a certain sense about it and his ability to block it's it's uh, it's outstanding and as long as he can stay healthy uh, I think he's going to be very good in this offense for you know as long for 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 a long time Colter something people may not know about us but we work at a company Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called 
Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, that can take care of you. Uh, it is Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television. Now, this is a new thing that we're doing now, which I'm excited about this. Now, you know that we got Michael Sean Dugar every Friday mm-hmm. heading into uh, a weekend to talk about the Seahawks. He covers the Seahawks for The Athletic. Every Monday now, what we want to do is bookend our Seahawks coverage with uh, uh, another uh, reporter, Greg Bell, who covers the Seattle Seahawks uh, for the uh, Tacoma News Tribune. And Greg Bell has been uh, uh, doing this for a long time. And so he's going to join us, or he joined you earlier today. I was uh, obviously on hole 63 (laughs) at Canyon River. Uh, But his conversation with you just about this team right now, where you're at, and then looking ahead to the Cleveland Browns in a week from now, right? And, and Greg will give us a little bit different flavor than Michael Sean Dugar because yep. Michael Sean Dugar is a lot of, doing a lot of features. He's a lot, a lot of commentary. He's an entertaining guy. He's got a great, great podcast. Whereas Greg Bell's kind of your nuts and bolts reporter who's going to give you some information. But he's also covered the Seahawks now for, I think he, he said, 12 years. Yep. So a veteran guy who's been on the beat for a while, too. So he has a fundamental understanding of the inner workings. He's covered every game of the Pete Carroll era. So I think that gives him a very distinct uh, voice when it comes to analyzing well, this and, stuff. and before, right? To contrast that, uh, both the, the year of Joe totally. Jr. and then a, 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 uh, even before that, obviously, with Holmgren. So here you go. Uh, conversation with Coulter with Greg Bell from the Tacoma News Tribune, our new Monday Seahawks segment. Welcome in Greg Bell to the show. He's the beat writer for the Tacoma News Tribune, covering the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks, big victory last week to move to 4-1, and 30-29 over the Rams on Thursday night football in Seattle, and Greg, just start there. What did you think of last week's game? What did you think of Seattle's ability to uh, just overcome and, and persevere in that matchup? Well, I, it was wildly entertaining. One of the better games I've covered, and I've been start, I started doing this in 2002. Uh, one of the better games I've covered in Seattle, certainly in a regular season. How back and forth it was, how it looked inevitable that the Rams are going to win the game at the end, how one of the best kickers in the world missed from a relatively makeable distance for him, 44 yards. And Tyler Lockett's toe-tap inside the 500 the end zone for a touchdown catch. Chris Carson losing the ball in the lights and then juggling it and catching it for the, what proved to be the winning score. Russell Wilson, again, being darn near perfect. Uh, he's had The month he's had so far this season, I think, is the best I've seen him book in his career. All of that, and they win by one point of a team that has just beaten them the last couple of years, three years in a row in the series, six out of eight overall. And that's the team they have to beat to win the division. Now they still the 49ers, of course, are 3-0 and entering tonight's game. But they have to beat the Rams to win the division and to have home games in the playoffs. you got to win the division. And that's what they need to get as deep to the playoffs in the two the Super Bowl. They want to, so they took a first step for sure on Thursday night in one of the more thrilling ways you're going to see. You mentioned you've covered the Seahawks for 12 years now, so that's the duration of the Pete Carroll era and maybe even a little bit beyond that. But we've seen the rise of Pete Carroll and, and the Legion of Boom and, and the great back-to-back seasons, including a Super Bowl season. And then I think broadly a lot of people thought, you know, when they paid when Seattle paid Russell Wilson that 
They would have a downgrade in talent across the board, and they have had to get rid of so many big-name guys. But here they are at 4-1. and one. So how have they been able to do it in your eyes? I mean, how have they been able to not have all the brand-name players like they used to have, Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas and all those guys, but still be able to produce at such a high level like they have so far this year? Well, they, they're, they're starting to hear defensively, and they are still, the jury's still out there. And this team is 4-1, and one, but three of those wins are against teams that were winless when they played them. The Steelers have since won over Cincinnati, but they won one by one point over a winless Cincinnati team. Two points on the road without Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh, who ended up winless in, uh, until they beat Cincinnati last week. Uh, they lost by a. It was really much more than a 33-27 loss at home to Teddy Bridgewater when Drew Brees was hurt with the Saints. Right. Uh, so they are not a finished product, and they are certainly not. If uh, yes, they're four and one for the first time since 2013, but this is not a 2013 vintage defense. They are still not totally whole in the pass rush. They've got Ziggy on, so they've got Jadavion Clowney, but they aren't producing yet. And the, the, they will tell you, and the coaches will tell you, they are somewhat in their preseason because they both missed the entire off season and preseason. And after one month of practicing in four games, they're really in what would be late August mode usually. Uh, they, you would think, will get better in November than they were in September. And I think you can say that for this entire team. They have a bunch of guys like they did in 2011 and 12 with chips on their shoulders, guys that were doubted or overlooked or changing positions. Trey Flowers, for instance, with the college safety, now they're starting corner. Shaquille Griffin was doubted last year for having a down year. He's having a rebound season this year. Chris Carson was a seventh-round pick who had injury issues and only two years of major college football at Oklahoma State after transferring from junior college. Uh, that The team has somewhat of the same characteristics in rebuilding like that, but they are so unproven to see where they're going to end up in November. I happen to think they're going to be a better team in November and December than they are, much better than they are right now. We'll see if the results bear that out. Pete Carroll, he's, always, he's been famously quoted always as saying, we're not going to win the game in the first quarter, we're not going to win the game in the second quarter, we're not going to win the game in the third quarter, we're going to win the game in the fourth quarter. What do you think of just that philosophy, and how much does that cater to the fact that the Seahawks seem to play more thrilling games than maybe anybody in the entire NFL? Well, it is everything about finishing and how you finish. They were particularly pleased Thursday night with the seven-minute drive that ended with a touchdown. Uh, that's the kind of finishing they want to have in the fourth quarter. You can certainly lose games in the first quarter, though. And the reason they play a lot of tight games is they are relying on their defense and their running game, which tends to shorten games, longer possessions, field position becomes important, and they tend to play that kind of way all the way into the fourth quarter. And it's not a wide open, uh, huge scoring spreads with wide open play. It's not how they want to play. When they want to play, the games are shorter, tend to be lower scoring, and then a lower scoring meaning closer. So they have a proven quarterback, the most important player at the most important position on the team and in the game happens to be one of the best ones in the league. That's why they went in the fourth quarter. They have a guy who's done it, who has a Super Bowl ring, has a $140 million contract, a six-time Pro Bowler, the winningest quarterback in the NFL through seven seasons, who doesn't believe he's ever out of a game. He's done a lot of things in his Seahawks career that have proven to himself and to the team he can come back from anything. 28 fourth quarter and overtime comebacks, I think the number is now. Uh, so they have the best player currently playing in the league at the most important position, which is why they win close games in the fourth quarter.
Greg Bell from the Tacoma News Tribune joining us on the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. And I want to stay right there, Greg. A couple years back, the Seahawks, their most glaring weakness was the offensive line. And it seems like they fortified that offensive line. But in turn, Russell Wilson's maturation and uh, continued just uh, never-say-die attitude seems to have continued as well. And his career, the way it's evolved from being a, a third-round draft pick, not getting paid much money to then – you know, a guy that has won, like you said, more games than any other quarterback in the league over the last seven years. How do those two things go hand in hand? And do you feel like Russell Wilson is a bona fide MVP candidate early on here in this season? Well, we'll see. They've only played five games. I mean, uh, Tom Brady tends to show up in December and January for <laughs> yep. MVP type performances. Uh, what the Seahawks were very fortunate and at their own skill of drafting Russell Wilson in the third round, but they. Russell Wilson's ability right away from game one of his rookie year, he, he was supernaturally poised and mature for his age and, and experience in the NFL. But what his success right away allowed them to do was build a team around him with a quarterback still on his rookie deal. For years to come, they could sign Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill and even take a flyer on Percy Harvin. And they could afford to do that because they had a quarterback at rock-bottom price. Jared Goff and the Rams were similar up until Goff signed his extension last month. But Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are currently in the same situation. Teams like that that have a quarterback that good that soon can build and pay for premium players at other positions, pass rushers, wide receivers, and win with a quarterback at minimum salary. It's a huge advantage in the NFL. As soon as a quarterback's done with his rookie deal, even if he's mediocre – He's going to get Kirk Cousins eighty some million dollars guaranteed. No doubt. That and and that is when teams don't win anymore. And Minnesota can talk about that right now. But teams that have a quarterback like Mahomes, like Wilson was under his first contract, like Jared Goff, Carson Wentz in Philadelphia tend to go to Super Bowls if the quarterbacks are that good that soon. It allows teams to build around them, and that's really what the Seahawks did. They built a team around their quarterback on a rookie contract and won a Super Bowl during that time and went to another one, should have won a second one. Uh, it, it, when they look back at their era here, whenever Russell Wilson goes away in 10 years or whatever, he says he's going to play until he's 45. Whenever it ends, they will look back and realize they should have had more than one Super Bowl win. And I'm not saying they're not going to the Super Bowl, or they are this year, but they should have won that second one, of course, at the one-yard line in Arizona. That was the window, a quarterback on his rookie deal that you can build teams around. Now they're trying to start over with the chip on the shoulder guys I talked about, still with their franchise quarterback, but now he's getting $140 million, which is why you have to trade Frank Clark and do the moves that they've made. So uh, it, the economics and the salary cap of the NFL, uh, if you can get a quarterback to perform that well early in his career, you're going to end up in Super Bowls and build a, a stronger team around him. Certainly a new frontier in the NFL because it used to be you tried to draft and develop a guy and or sign a guy, and now, like you said, if you can draft that guy and have him develop rapidly, changes the entire landscape. Greg Bell joining us. He's the beat writer for the Seattle Seahawks for the Tacoma News Tribune. And, Greg, you're on the radio in Montana across the state, so we got to ask you about Montana's favorite son right now, Will Disley. Talk about I know. Guy. I'm surprised it took you this long to ask him. <laughs> I thought that was the first question. <laughs> no doubt. Well, I covered Will Disley in high school. He's a tremendous player, and I know that there was a lot of question whether he'd be able to make it when he went to the University of Washington as a defensive lineman, but when he made the switch to offense, it seemed like he really transformed into now. 
Here he is in his second year with the Seahawks, finally healthy. And, I mean, he's a bona fide real deal tight end in the NFL. So what has been your early impressions of Will Disley here in his second year? Well, his story, uh, Chris Peterson, first of all, he he was going to go to Boise State. Right. And then Chris Peterson left to go to Washington, so we followed him to Washington to be a defensive lineman. I don't have to tell Montanans the story, but those who might not know, he was messing around at a Heart of Dallas Bowl practice his sophomore season, just screwing around catching passes before the practice began. And Chris Peterson saw him doing that, catching balls with his hands way out from his body, looking like a receiver. And he said, whoa, what is this? You're a defensive tackle. Washington basically has defensive tackles with outside linebackers as their rush ends. He was basically a defensive tackle, catching passes like a wide receiver. And Chris Peterson said, we're going to put some plays in for you at tight end to utilize these hands, and he did. And by the end of the following season, he was a full-time tight end, wearing number 98, beating Utah and winning big games with big catches. Well, he comes to the Seahawks last year in the preseason, I mean a fifth-round pick. They they thought they had a blocking tight end. They had no idea he would be an NFL-caliber receiver down the field. And in training camp, right away, it became obvious to Russell Wilson how good Disley was catching the ball. And then in the first game of his career in Denver, he goes for 105 yards, touchdown, biggest, the most yards by a rookie tight end in team history. And it was a crazy debut down the field, wide open, finding zone uh, holes in the zone coverage of the Broncos. And Wilson couldn't believe how much he could trust the guy that soon in his career. You know, they have this unnatural trust now. Of course, he had the patellar rupture in his knee, his fourth game last year in Arizona that ended his season. That alone is a, a tremendous story for him. A lot of people don't come back from that injury in football. It's a tricky, it's not, not that an ACL tear is, is easy, but it's more routine and customary than this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, ruptured patellar tendon in the knee. Some guys never are the same. And he was told by the medical staff of the Seahawks that it might take a year and a half and it might take longer than you feel like it should and it'll be frustrating. Well, he was back on the field in ten and a half months. And from the very first game of this season has been productive again and is now the number one tight end, so much so the Seahawks don't even miss Ed Dixon, the veteran tight end that's on injured reserve. People don't even know he's still on the team. And he's eligible potentially to come back here in a couple of weeks, but they don't. They, Will Disley's their number one tight end, and the, the trust that Wilson and Disley have for the fact he's played nine games in his NFL career, and more than that, the fact he's a former college defensive lineman, it's very unnatural that he's that good that soon. And Wilson's rewarding with, with trust and with balls. Seattle Seahawks taking on the Cleveland Browns this week. What are some things to watch for this week, and what do you think? Just the overall health of the roster is right now, Greg. Well, that's the big advantage the Seahawks have in this game. It, it's unusual you can say that a West Coast team flying back to the Eastern time zone for a 10 a.m. Sunday kickoff has an advantage, but the Seahawks have now been off for three days, full days. They were scattered all over the country. Russell Wilson went to New York for a Yankee game. Guys were going back to their high schools. Uh, it was a complete get-out-of-jail-free weekend. And now the Browns play tonight at San Francisco, and they won't get home till Tuesday morning Cleveland time. So the rest factor, the health factor, the team should benefit Seattle. D.J. Fluker is the only starter who had an injury coming out of the Rams game, a hamstring that he may not play on Sunday. And if he doesn't, they found an accidental starting right guard in Jamarco Jones, a backup tight end, backup tackle that they drafted from Ohio State last year. 
held his own against Aaron Donald in emergency work, and he could be and would be the starting right guard if D.J. Fluker can't play on Sunday in Cleveland. Uh, I, I think the Browns will be up. <laughs> Being back home, they'll be up for the game, but certainly in terms of time off and rest and travel, the Seahawks have an advantage here. Greg Bell, Seattle Seahawks beat writer for the Tacoma News Tribune. This has been great, Greg. Thanks so much for being with us. Tell people, how can they find your work? I appreciate that. It's at thenewstribune.com online and on Twitter at Bell Seattle. Uh, all my stories and all my Seahawks coverage is there. Thank you. Love it. Big Seahawks country out here, especially with one of Montana's own starring for the Hawks. Seattle takes on Cleveland this Sunday. Greg Bell, Tacoma News Tribune. Thanks so much for joining us, Greg. Thank you, guys. There you go. Greg Bell, good stuff from him. Great stories, and uh, obviously a tremendous amount of insight as well uh, for for this. And I, you know, you know how I where I'm at with the Cleveland Browns. I'm into it. Can't wait for this game tonight, which I expect Cleveland to win. Next Sunday, not so much. Uh, the the short week, relatively short week, but more the longer break for Seattle, I think, play, comes into big play. And we'll get to that game, obviously, throughout the week after tonight. We'll see what happens, you know, in San Francisco. But uh, Seattle at 4-1, and one, looking very good. And when he said at the beginning that he thinks Russell Wilson in this first quarter of the season is playing the best of his career, I, I, I have to agree. I mean, what the game on Thursday was... As vintage Russell Wilson as you could possibly have, and I know we talked about this on Friday, you know, watching it, but it was, it was, he, he's miraculous, man, running around. I, I watched uh, the, the Ravens-Steelers game Sunday, Coulter, and, you know, Lamar Jackson is phenomenal, man. I, I, I love Lamar Jackson. I know he's come back to earth the last couple of weeks, but I, I think he's great. But he, when he got rushed in the pocket, he moves around. He's got great movement within the pocket, but he also on a couple times moved into tacklers. Now, he was good enough and fast enough to kind of get away, but his initial movement, he just felt kind of pressure, and there was coming at a couple different angles. Russell Wilson knows without seeing where everybody is all the time that's coming after him. I have no – it's 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 borderline miraculous how he has the sense that he has, not just of the – pocket but where and how to move up you know guys move up in the pocket because they've been taught to because they know that that's what you do and they get good at it but there's only a handful of guys that really feel it coming and know where they are and he can always always gets out of it and then makes plays with it it's it's amazing he is he's as good as it gets if the season ended today it'd probably be the mvp right i mean after yesterday with Patrick Mahomes, maybe. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was probably in that driver's seat again, but I mean, they're four and one. They just beat the Rams, and it's it is him doing it. It's it's it is. It's it's impressive. It's two tell Nuanas, one two nine ESPN Radio. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, we'll get around the Big Sky. We'll hear from the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Week, Dalton Sneed, and take a look at what happened elsewhere around the conference in an eventful weekend. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. 
Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good evening, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas. Here's some sports news for you. Montana and Montana State continued rolling over the weekend, each staying undefeated against FCS opponents as the season reaches its midpoint. The Grizz were down 17-0 and then went on a 59-3 run to stamp a 59-20 homecoming victory with authority. Montana senior quarterback Dalton Sneed threw for 397 yards and two scores while rushing for a team-high 67 yards and two more scores. He is the Stats FCS National Offensive Player of the Week. The number 8 Grizzlies scored 24 unanswered points in the second quarter to take a touchdown lead into halftime, gave up a second-half field goal, and then scored 35 more. Samari Torre had a career day, hauling in 8 catches for 188 yards and a score. Sammy Akem had 10 receptions for 135 yards, 8 for 104 in the second quarter alone to spark the comeback for UM. The Grizz enter their bye week with a 5-1 record that includes 5 straight wins over like opponents. Montana State. Not so easy this time around, but the Bobcats were able to emerge with a 34-28 overtime win at Cal Poly. MSU built a 28-7 lead despite only possessing the ball for 21 minutes and change, only to see the Muskings score three fourth-quarter touchdowns to force OT. But in the extra period, Montana State came up with a stop, and senior Travis Johnson scored the game-winning touchdown. Montana State 2-0 in Big Sky Conference play. I mean, you hear that, it's almost like, uh, you know, I have some say in this. <laughs> Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you. We're broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy Online at KurtzPolaris.com. Of course, spit on myself on statewide TV. Why not? It's that kind of day. I mean, I'm just... I'm just dragging, Coulter, you know? 100 holes of golf. Well, 97 to be accurate. Just, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm having an out-of-body experience. All my, uh, you know, all my adrenaline or whatever, it's subsided. All the excitement of all those triple bogeys, they're just gone now. Imagine what it feels like to run a 10K. You know what's the worst is when you're trying to get all those holes in, you got to, like, jog to and from, like, you know, your your ball and, like, greens and stuff like that. This is much harder than what I had anticipated. I'm okay, though. It's for the kids, Coulter. I golf for the children. It's um, nice of you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you would like to listen live, you can do that online, 1029ESPN.com. There you can listen to the stream. It's available thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Don't forget... In fact, remember, okay, FCS Speculators, a, botting, a betting podcast. <laughs> Look, it's all falling apart. You're going full stew gots right here. A betting podcast. It's got a Vegas eye on the big sky and FCS. 
is going to be out on Wednesday, every Wednesday, coming out with a new episode. Last week uh, was a lot of fun. It was episode two, episode three, this Wednesday. So check out the FCS Speculators podcast wherever you get your podcast. You go to Two Tell Nuanas. Check out our podcast all over the place, right? Two Tell Nuanas podcast. Well, guess what? You get the FCS Speculators podcast as well. Two Tell Nuanas podcast brought to us by the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Colton, let's go around the Big Sky Conference. This weekend, the Grizz and the Cats won. There were also some results that I think were surprising, either in terms of the flat-out win and winner and loser or at least how they took place. One of those was in North Dakota where the Fighting Hawks beat UC Davis 38-32. Uh, North Dakota was up. 38-36. What? Yeah, 38-36. Lost by two, did UC Davis. Indeed. Uh, the uh, North Dakota was up 14 nothing in the first quarter, and then we're up even more than that. Afterwards, it was 28-14, though, at halftime. UC Davis tried to come all the way back, came close, ends up falling two points short. And I'd say it's a surprise. It certainly is a surprise. I mean, UC Davis is a higher-ranked team. Also, though, I just feel like North Dakota is is – sort of a mystery because of this weird thing that they're where they're playing a full big sky schedule but they're not in the conference for their games so they are for everybody else's but i think it's just an odd matchup for a lot of teams right now all-american tight end wesley priest caught his third touchdown of the afternoon and then uc davis went for two and that put them up 36 35 with two minutes and six seconds to play but north dakota executes uh, an eight-play, 36-yard drive, and Brady Leach hits a 46-yard field goal, 57 seconds left to play, and then North Dakota came up with a stop. And so now three straight losses for Davis, yeah. four overall. I dropped them out of my top 25 this week. I mean, they're two and four, and um, I mean they're, they're they're searching right now. I know that they have some injuries, particularly on the offensive line. It's like you use you lose to Cal, you lose to NDSU. Okay, you lose to Montana at home especially the way Montana is going right now, you know, okay. But they didn't just lose, man. They got beat down. Yep. And then they went on the road, and they could not figure it out against a team that they, they should be better than. They should. The not uh, they are. The North Dakota State showed a little bit of something that then Montana was able to harness and capitalize on that now I think everybody is going to use against UC Davis. Jake Mayer is a – Wonderful dissector of defenses. He throws the ball at more angles than any quarterback you'll ever see in this conference, in this conference or around the country. He's not athletic, and he's only like five eleven. Right. Patrick O'Connell told me double A gap. Patrick O'Connell told me last week, "Yo, we heard all the narrative all week about if we blitz this guy, he's going to dice us. So we just decided to blitz him so hard that he can't even get the ball off. And that's what Montana did. They were just in his face. Mm-hmm. Double A gap with your hands in there. Yeah." can't see over you you can't move you can't throw around you and if you're not winning one-on-ones on the outside if you're just beating the guys up on the outside then all of a sudden it's just jailbreaking jake mayer threw three picks on saturday and north dakota they ended up with uh only one sack but they were in his face with their blitzing style and so it's just kind of a confluence of events but you just you wonder you know momentum's such a crazy thing in sports and when you seize it like you see davis did a year ago you can ride that so far but then when you lose it, how do you get the magic back? And I think that's right. the key to having a consistent program, especially at the FCS level, where you know losing is almost inevitable at the FCS level because of just all the variety of factors. You have to figure out how to bounce back from losses. When you don't when you didn't learn that during your momentum streak like UC Davis had last year, I don't think if you, you really know how to do it. Like year one or Dan Hawkins, they were knocking on the door. They're the upstart team. They get that nice win over Eastern, and it's like, okay. 
were getting close, but then they finished five and six. But then last year they rip off eight straight wins. You don't have to. You don't have to learn how to lose to NDSU and bounce back when you play Montana. Right, right. Lose to Montana, make sure you bounce back against North Dakota. Now they're sort of in a tailspin, and it's definitely. I mean, to me, UC Davis is it. This is it. They got to win out, else they're completely out of the playoffs. Another team uh, that was surprise, or another game that was surprising. Uh, not so much because of the winner, but just because of the way this game went. Weber State at Idaho. Idaho, the ultimate Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. And Weber State wins this game 41-35. I know Idaho scored on the last play of the game to make this, you know, as you said, a backdoor cover for the Vandals. It was actually with a minute and nine seconds to okay. go, but a 97-yard kick return with a minute and nine seconds to go to help. It was, Weber State was minus seven, so seven-point favorite, and yeah. they got to, they lost by six. So terrible bad beat in the big sky this So year. the here's the good for Weber State. They scored 41 points. The team that does not score very many points uh, did. They had four rushing touchdowns by four different guys. They also had a passing touchdown from Jake Constantine, and they racked up 223 yards on the ground, which is what they want to do and, frankly, what they need to do if they're going to score uh, much in this league. The bad for Weber State is that they gave up 35 points. Granted, okay, it's a kick return, you know, in in the special teams, which, by the way, has got to irk has got to irk Jay Hill that that, that, that something like that would happen. But they gave up uh, uh, 220, 212 yards passing uh, to Mason Petrino and a score not that big a deal, but 193 yards on the ground and three touchdowns to Idaho. Idaho ran the ball incredibly effectively, which is the area at which Weber State has pri- you know prides themselves on their defensive line, their front seven, and all that. And they they were worked over by this Idaho team uh, on the ground, and uh, uh, that is the surprising part of this to me. And the fact that Idaho, however it happened, scored thirty five points against Weber State, I would not have guessed that. For sure, uh, five point eight yards per carry for the Vandals right. too. Yes, looking at the box score, I only watched a very short part of this game, but looking at the box score though, Adam Rodriguez is nowhere to be found, and Adam Rodriguez is a first team All Big Sky defensive end. George Tarlis is his backup, and George Tarlis rose up in a big way, having two sack strip fumbles to earn Big Sky Conference Defensive Player of the Week. But it's sort of ironic that probably Weber State's worst defensive performance collectively gets their backup DN, the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Week. I mean, they Weber State gave up more points on Saturday almost than they have all year. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they give up six points to San Diego State. They only give 19 points to Nevada, and they give up 35 to Idaho. Perplexing. But I think that the thing they always got to remember, and we got to remember this when we're doing our FCS Speculators podcast, which you can check out each week, and everybody around the league has got to remember. It's as Jeff Choate said in the first segment, a win on the, big, on the road in the Big Sky Conference is incredibly hard to get. Teams are going to struggle to play in the Kibbe Dome for a variety of reasons. It's not as if it's this crazy, raucous place. It's because it's this weird place. When Idaho wears those weird gray pants on the gray turf, <laughs> and there's just there's half the stands are empty, so you have these weird yeah. sight lines, and yeah. like they got the giant video board behind the uprights, and it just looks like you're in 1979. It's just a weird place. I don't care who you are. It's going to be hard for teams to go in there and play. Yeah. And also, I think there's a level of desperation. I mean, when you watch Idaho play, it's crazy to watch their roster because they have like six or eight guys that are as good as anybody in the league because yes, they're they FBS do. guys. Some talent guys. I mean, there. their two D tackles are monsters, and their two offensive guards are monsters. I mean, those are FBS caliber linemen. And Jeff Cotton, the receiver, I mean, he's like 6'3", 215. He's, he's a beast. Yep. They just have so much controversy because the guy they're playing at quarterback and the perceived nepotism that comes with that which is actually funny because Mason Petrino has sometimes been terrible, but actually sometimes has been way better than people give him right. credit for. 
So the Vandals remain a gigantic mystery, but to me, the overall number of points scored in that game was shocking, but the fact that it was actually only a six-point game isn't as shocking just because mm-hmm. it was played in Moscow. Uh, Portland State bouncing back after their uh, loss last week uh, to Idaho State, a win 52-31 over Southern Utah. I think that is about what we would have guessed uh, in that game, first home game for Portland State. Northern Arizona beats uh, Northern Colorado 41-23 in uh in Flagstaff, again, probably about what you would ex- have expected. The other game, though, of note, the nightcap, Sacramento State, not just beating, but winning going away over Eastern Washington at home, 48-27, the first Big Sky game for Sacramento State. They are 1-0 in the conference. Eastern Washington now 1-1 in the Big Sky, 2-4 overall, 48-27 the final, and officially, Coulter, Eastern Washington is in trouble. They, they, they got problems, and they are officially not the team that people thought that they were going to be. And we talk about teams that are better than we thought they were. Sacramento State would probably be one of those. Teams that are not as good as we thought they were going to be. Eastern Washington is that. UC Davis, I actually still have a little bit of something out here. Eastern Washington, they're, they're a middle-of-the-road Big Sky team. That's what they are. And it seems as if they're having weird stuff go on, too, because, I mean, Eric Berry got benched, and it looked like he might have been hurt, but then he wasn't. He came back into the game, so I don't know what they're doing there, mm-hmm. having the quarterback carousel rotating in the middle of the game. And also, I mean, the guy that I voted for as Big Sky Conference preseason offensive player of the year getting benched, or only at the midpoint of the season, that just it's bad sm- it smells like turmoil yes. internally. Yes. So you wonder what's going on there. But Sac State, I mean... Right now, they're second in the league in scoring offense. They're second in the league in scoring defense. That's a pretty darn good combination. Kevin Thompson threw for 315 yards and three touchdowns. He also scored two touchdowns on the ground. And Sac State also had two defensive touchdowns as well. So Jeff Choate said in his press conference today, as Montana State prepares to face Sac State, which will be the only game in Montana this week, so we'll have plenty of coverage for you guys coming up on that. But he said, no question, Sacramento State's the best FCS team we have played to date. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you're seeing the influx of the mentality Troy Taylor's still in, in installing, Andy Thompson coordinating that defense, and just the return of some star players that are healthy. Kevin Thompson, Elijah Dotson, George Obina. Those are three of the best guys at their positions in the entire conference. So Sac State, that's a big win for them. First ranked, first win over a ranked opponent since 2012. Um, we came into the season with a clear top five. We are now at a clear top three with Weber State and UC Davis out of that. Though Sacramento State may be entering that, depending on how it goes. Okay, so that's just where we're at right now, and uh, we knew that that this would shift because it always does, especially with the inbound schedule and all that. Uh, but it's pretty; it's been pretty remarkable to see the extent to which it has around the Big Sky Conference. Quick break. Come back. We'll get you set for Monday Night Football and the final of four divisional games. The Twins and the Yankees, which we'll have for you on ESPN Radio right after the show. Right after this. See how that's working after the show, after this break. Finish up. I think we just started flowing on offense, you know. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. 
In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. By the way, also check out the FCS Speculators, a betting podcast uh, every Wednesday. New episode uh, out for you there as well. Uh, Coulter, tonight, Browns, Niners. Uh, I have watched almost all of the Cleveland Browns games, and I have watched almost none of the San Francisco 49er games. The Niners are 3-1 and one on the season. The Browns 2-2, two and two, coming off an impressive win over Baltimore uh, on the road last week. The 49ers are a five-point favorite. They are at home. They are 3-1, and one, and they are uh, uh, the number two team in the NFC West as of right now. I mean, you know what I'm going to say, and I 100% admit my bias both in a rooting interest, in a just general interest interest, and in an utter, almost nearly total ignorance of what the 49ers are. I mean, I know what they are. I know the guys that are on their team, but in terms of watching them play and what Kyle Shanahan has been doing and all that, nothing. So this will be really my first exposure. That's not going to stop me from going on my lock of the year rant about the Cleveland Browns tonight. It's certainly not a lock of the year. It's not a lock at all, but I'm still taking the Browns. Yeah, and the Niners are a mystery. I think that they're probably a mystery to most people in Montana because I think we're all in the same boat. They haven't really been on TV yet, like as far yeah. as just the national games. Because yeah. I haven't seen—I mean, I've seen almost every single team in the league in some form or fashion. Yeah. I haven't seen the Niners at all either. I do know because of just fantasy football that the Niners are incredibly banged up at running back. Devin uh, Coleman is expected back tonight. Matt, Matt Breed has been nursing an ankle. Jarek McKinnon is on injured reserve, so that hurts. I, you know, I think that there's a little bit of a misperception amongst these slick offensive minds that are the young guys like Sean McVay and and uh, Kyle Shanahan to run all the the spread out passing game stuff that they want to run got to be able to run the ball it starts with the mm-hmm. inside zone that's where the Rams are struggling right now because Todd Gurley's not producing at the level he was mm-hmm. and if you can't run the ball then the whole mechanism of the offense doesn't work as well and I think that's where the, the 49ers might run into something too and the 49ers they have okay but not elite talent at receiver. They have George Kittle, who's an elite player at tight end, but yeah. I'm not really sure what they have. I mean, they have some good stories at receiver, but they don't have the firepower that a lot of the other teams in the league have. The good news for San Francisco as far as that goes, Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward both expected to be out uh, in that Brown secondary. Obviously, Denzel Ward is like a next-level player uh, for, for the Browns. Uh, and they, they, the two of them together really make that thing go. So if they're both out, uh, you might see the ball getting chucked around the yard and say, hey, let's see, let's see second tier tight end or wide receivers going against second tier DBs and uh, who's going to win out in that battle. But it will be fun. I do think Levi Stadium, Coulter, 
I mean, it is, it's an impressive place, man. They got, that thing is all wired up where you got, you know, uh, it's not surprising, right? But all the, you know, the touchscreen stuff at your seat, all the information coming all the time to you evidently while you're there. I've never been there, but I'm, this is what I've read, things I've heard on the internet. Uh, but it, it's a great looking stadium in Santa Clara and so forth. Uh, you know, uh, it's not just, it's, it's, it's a nice spot, a good place. And, you know, people get nostalgic. Oh, Candlestick Park, yada, yada, yada. Get it out of here. Okay. This is, there are times, I think they upgrade stadiums all far too often in general, but Candlestick was one that's got to go. <laughs> and you can go ahead and get on with Levi Stadium. Uh, also tonight, coming up here right at the top of the hour, we're going to uh, send you to Minnesota, where the Minnesota Twins are down zero games to two, going home for the first time uh, in this ALDS against the New York Yankees. Obviously, they got to win to stay alive. Uh, Houston lost today, so both teams that needed a win to continue the series did win. Tampa Bay hammered Houston at home thirteen. Uh, 10 to 3 and the St. Louis Cardinals after a devastating loss they were up one nothing at an absolutely epic performance uh uh you know uh, defensively in game 3 and then give up three runs in the ninth inning and lose the thing so they're down two games to one to Atlanta they win in the 10th inning today 5-4 over the Braves so that game goes to a fifth and decisive game in Atlanta and right now the Los Angeles Dodgers and Washington Nationals are tied at a uh, at 1-1 in the top of the fourth, and I believe that series is at a game apiece right now as well. Uh, this game in Washington, uh, top of the fourth inning, the Dodgers a runner on second and no outs right now. So uh, we'll keep you, uh, we'll keep the Riley Corcoran alert on with the Dodgers going. I thought you were going to for sure perish today, so I texted Riley. I said, "Hey, are you in town?" I didn't ask him what I might want, and he said, "No, I'm already in LA." Yeah. Oh, he go. He's he's but actually the they're not at home, so I think he's just went down there to play golf. Oh, well, you could have played golf here. It's a beautiful day for it. Although they said like 65 today. It never got close to 65. See, I was all prepared with layers. It is, you know, start off cold and then it's going to get nice. It was fairly cool for most of the day, which is okay because I was jogging, which is something I hate. 97 <laughs> holes of golf I played, Coulter. Think about that. I know. That's I'm the, more worried about greatest. you for tomorrow. You've been riding high this show. You're screwed this tomorrow, This is the greatest buddy. act of stamina my whole life, man. <laughs> I mean, 36 holes I think was my max, maybe 45 before. 97? But I do it for the kids, man. It's great. To, this is a good deal, though, because I do think that golf is one of those sports that really can just pass you by. Because it is, it's such an expensive entry point, and that can be so intimidating for so many parents. And you never know. I mean, maybe there's a kid out there that's just a less fortunate kid that no, could become awesome. a great golfer, but he just never has the opportunity. So to get it into schools and let, I mean, it's like Joey Esch said last week on the show. There's very few sports you can play. I mean, we're not going out there and playing football right now. No, nope. we're not going out there and playing. You know, a lot of different things. There's no fast pitch baseball for men. Well, the thing now I- you have golf, and if you can get it into golf at an early age, I think it could be very rewarding for you for your whole life, and especially when it's free. Because I think I golfed like six hundred dollars of retail today. <laughs> I love <You> it. Know? <laughs> Boys and girls, enjoy Monday Night Football. Enjoy baseball. We'll see you tomorrow. uh, And I will be rested, perhaps stiff, and just hopefully alive. Uh, That's what I expect for tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to Will Disley for joining us. It was good of him uh, to join us. If you missed that, check it out on the podcast. Having a nice Monday evening.
you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.